yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, uh. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit on both cows. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. It's the rundown sports. It's the rundown sports. They know. Who they know. I'm about to blast off. That's for sure. Yeah. The Rundown Sports, yeah? Hey! Hey! Shout out to Zonny Beast, man. So nice I had to bring you back twice. Yeah, dude. What's happening, people? What's going down? What up, though? And I'd like to welcome y'all back to the Rundown Sports Podcast. Gotta know it. I am your host, CL. And I thank y'all for listening, however you're listening. Hope you came from therundown.com. That's darundown.com. Gotta know it. We are the new voice in Atlanta sports and hip-hop. And if you don't want to come to the site, you can always go to iTunes and catch this bad boy. Subscribe. Oh, and please rate and review. We need it. Please show us some love if you really genuinely want to show us some love. If you mean what you say. <laughs> or you can catch it on YouTube. Coming soon to Stitcher and coming soon to SoundCloud. Y'all come rock with the boy. Now, uh, this is part two of my sit-down on my little chat with Keith Nelson Jr. CultureToProve.com And this is where we get into the hip-hop part of the conversation. I told you, man, we was kicking and having a good time. So, uh, it was a good time to do it. You know, Jalen and Jacoby just wrapped up the hip-hop group bracket. And if y'all don't know, they just pretty much had like a March Madness-style thing where they put all the greatest groups and Outkast was number one. So, you know, I had to come do it big for the A. Shout out them boy Outkast, the original ATLings. Y'all did y'all thing, came out on top over the Wu-Tang. It was a it was a shock to me, but I'm glad it happened. And that's right on time, man, because they finna do their farewell shows down here in the A this weekend. Anybody want to get your boy out there, y'all just come hit me up. Ask you at the main event on Twitter. I will come out there if you got a ticket for your boy. <laughs> But man, we got into a little bit of it all when it comes to them groups. I ain't gonna hold it up no longer. Let's get into it, man. Gotta know that. It's the rundown. All right, on part two of the Rundown Sports Podcast with uh, Keith Nelson Jr. Now, uh, yeah. From, from here on out, we're gonna just talk some hip hop. Uh, nice. especially, I guess they even tie it back in with sports, the Jalen and Jacoby bracket. But before we jump into that, uh, the Kendrick Lamar track just came out 
Ooh. A few days ago, uh, by the time people going to hear this, and uh, this, the song is called I. Um, Twitter just went ham. People calling it a classic. People calling it trash. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, just knee-jerk reactions all over the board. I'm like this. I'm going to say it, on, and then I'm gonna, I want to know what you think. But Kendrick has entered that territory where it does not matter what the single sounds like. If you mm. think about every artist from Jay-Z to Kanye to Eminem, you hear them songs. They don't really sound like what came out before. you like, what is this? And then within six weeks, it's like a top 10 hit, and you're not even worried about it anymore. Where are you standing on? My thing is, you just you, you you hit it on the nail, and I didn't even think about this until you just said that. But I think, I think he's he's definitely entering, and when you enter that space, you can just as quickly fall out of that, that, that space. That's why he's got to be careful. Like he's entering. I, I would say where Kendrick is at right now in his career, I would say is where Eminem. His career is very much similar to Eminem's, like in a in a lot. Like in this, in this, and that could be because of the Interscope machine, which, which, which does make artists go certain ways or market them some way. But he's definitely in that kind of lane when he's Eminem 2000, right before, right before the Mohammed LP came out. When we heard the Slim Shady, we heard the real Slim Shady, like right before the album came out, and we're like, okay, he still he could still do these funny things, but let's see what else ha- what else we could do. You know what I mean? So, because to me, with I, to me, with I, um, first off, it's not, it's, it, it, it's not, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a um, surprise that Twitter has these knee jerk reactions. It's Twitter. It's fucking Twitter. <laughs> you have 140 characters to say an opinion. Like, yeah, it gets, and if, and if you try to use multiple tweets, it just looks stupid. Right. You know? <laughs> not stupid, but it just looks, it, it just, it's not a conversation. You just can't see it. Some people could tweet, you could tweet, I remember this guy, Pete Oswald, um, this comedian, he used to do these things where he would tweet out the second half of a tweet that would look like some wild, crazy stuff. Like, um, to have one that says, the tweet would be like, Hitler, Hitler is bad. I mean, I mean, Hitler is good. And, but then it'll be the first tweet before that would be in, in a crazy world dot, 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 then it'd be like, Hitler's good. You know what I mean? So it'd yeah, be like, yeah. he's just playing on the whole, like, knee-jerk reaction. But the knee-jerk reaction is also because Kendrick Lamar is that dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he is that guy. Like, Drake gets the same kind of knee-jerk reactions. Um, yeah. yeah, you're right about that. You know, Drake and Drake, 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 to me, Drake and Kendrick are the only two rappers who get those kind of reactions that quickly. Like, people stay up. People from LA would listen to that song when it, when it debuted. It debuted at seven AM on the East Coast. I mean, people up at four AM in the morning listen to Kendrick Lamar song, and I think the that's, the song is the song is great. Now the song is really good lyrically. He goes off. Um, the third verse is remarkable. The third verse is remarkable, and the chorus is is super catchy. You got that rock, got that Isley Brothers sample, but people. Are just hating on it. There's people who are hating on it, but to me, people are hating on it because it's happy. Mm-hmm. Like, and not to say that people don't like happy songs. People right. just have a shorter tolerance for happy songs. 
people just start to not like happy songs after a while. Like you can have a hot, you can have hot nigga, no chorus, no real chorus, one long verse, no real structure, and people will love it. Because one, that's hip hop. That's what hip hop was. Hip hop was just go off and just do. You. But then it's like, why do you only like that? Like why is it him or Young Thug or Chief Keith or Lil Durk or nothing against these dudes? But why these the dudes that people are saying are the new guys coming into the game, the new dudes upcoming the game? Why is that the ones that everybody likes? It's because to me, it's that the world isn't the world isn't happy right now. People aren't happy right now. So you're not going to take happy. You're going to take happiness with a grain of salt. The people, it's people who hate it happy. People who hate it happy and they blame it on radio. Oh, radio played it too much. Radio played the crap out of every Drake song ever. And I rarely see people say they get tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's because whatever. You know, it's just, and happy is a great, the happy is timeless. Happy is a Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke, Elvis Gerald, like, timeless record right there. And I think I is on that same, it's not on that, it's, it's near that same level, I have, I have to say, because Kendrick, um, I don't want to get too much into it, because I know we got, we got other topics, but the thing about I is that Kendrick Lamar, did, he put that out purposely during a time when every week for the last two, three months, we've got nothing but Ferguson, mm-hmm. Mike Brown, uh-huh. Donald Sterling, Danny Ferry, Ray Rice, like every week for like the, the second half of the, of the summer until now has been just one thing after the other of just like pain and torture and like in, in America, because it happens all over the place, but when it happens in America, which, which is where he's stationed at, which is where he's from, he's going to react to it a different way. And he's going to try to uplift the people instead of just being like, there's two sides you can do it. You could do the Vince Staples side when we had a song called Hands Up, mm-hmm. talking about the LAPD, ain't about, ain't about shit, you know, I, you know, I refuse my rights to remain silent. Like, just, you can talk about, you can go with the angry side of it, which Kendrick has done many, many times on, like, Ronald Reagan era, song like that. Or you can go Kendrick's side and, just, and help the people. Help them. Be like, yo, this is, I love myself. Why is that bad? How are you calling when it's not catchy when the fucking, when the chorus is I love myself over and over again, you know, a little bit, you know, the world can do what they want. I don't mind. I love myself. But like, what are you not liking about that? Right. What man. is not catchy about that? I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to get in debate whether it's catchy. I'm going to just say this, like saying I love myself, that's just positive thinking. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't love themselves. And if you listen to what the song is saying, and you get the message, you like, regardless of how you, where you going to play this song at, there's probably somebody out there that needs to hear it. Now, mm-hmm. bury that hatchet. Let's talk about the hip hop bracket. Now, All right, let's go. Were you following as it was going along? I was not following as it was going along. And I want to, uh, I want to, to, to skip my apologies to Jake, to Kobe. And Jalen, I was I was on it from the first podcast, but I've been slipping on them. I've been slipping them, but can't just slip on Jalen Jacoby, man. That's some that's some A one podcast material. It is, it is. If you get jammed up, don't mention my name. Like yeah, he man. got some Jalen Rose, <laughs> hilarious. Hey, like this a Papa Trump production. He 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 embodied what I do right here because right now I'm at the kitchen table. 
I got two bags I take anywhere, and I'm literally popping out the trunk and doing podcasts wherever I'm at. Thanks. That's it. Because you want, and, and, and I want to, and we can, and just, just real quick, I want to just give props to you and people like you who understand that this game is digital. This game being digital don't mean that everything got to be digital. You got to have some, you got to put some, some, some um, elbow grease in. You got to put some actual work in. And you having that bag and popping up anywhere with a podcast, is, that's, that's going to help. That's that's big. That's huge. Yeah, I know that, man. Now, uh, Outcast ended up winning over Wu Tang. We'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. most notably for me, uh, when Black Star overtook Public Enemy, they were a number one seed. That was a bit of an upset to me. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, the Roots. I don't know. Maybe I was thinking. The fact that they're on, um, what's the show? Jimmy Fallon. That might have mm-hmm. catapulted them up, but I see people just like the art, Child Call Quest. You got an all-star cast of MCs right there. Uh, man, I could go all day. You run DMC, that soul, bone thugs, NWA was all the way through there. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. I mean, it's, it's so many places I could go with it. It's, it's, it's a true celebration of hip hop and what used to be one of the coolest parts of hip hop, which was the group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I really, was. I really miss that, you know, cause today it's all about the clicks. You know, everybody got their labels, like, you know, the young monies and the, uh, the Maybach music. And, you know, there's really no crews cause to me, it's really no money in it from the outside looking in. Everybody could just get mm-hmm. a solo deal and work their thing, but it's like we all a family, which is cool, but it's just something about having two people in the studio consistently working on a project to come with that cohesive sound. And, you know, I, I, I was unsure if Outcast was going to win, but I think they'd probably be more culturally relevant in 2014. So I, it didn't surprise me that they won. And I just, they, to me, they're like the prime example of what a group is. Two, you know, night and day, North Pole, South Pole, whatever you want to call it, coming together and just making some little, literally classic music. Yeah. Um, that's definitely, you, that's definitely true. And, um, me going to your first point about why didn't why aren't any groups before I start talking about this this bracket right here, but it, it to me it really comes down a hundred percent to money. Like it comes down to money at before anything. Because one, there's no more money in uh, everybody in the industry will tell you there's no more there's no more money in selling music. But there's no more money and you're not gonna really make a living off of just selling records on a major label. That's what the people right. in the industry don't, they don't say. It's on a major label. You can make some money outside of major label, but on a major label, mm-mm. because they got to get their money first. And there's not a lot of money left in the industry, people buying albums and stuff. Even though they're doing this whole new metric called Billboard Consumption Chart, which adds in YouTube views and and Spotify streams to to inflate your numbers. It's just some crazy weird stuff that people are trying to do to like redefine what, what success is. But there is no more money in, in the game. So people, you don't want to break, you don't want to cut that up. You don't want to cut that money up five different ways. 
You know, Wu Tang would a Wu Tang would never happen in two thousand and fourteen. That would never happen. Oh, not one, even close. One Wu Tang now doesn't even want to happen. Like, Wu Tang <laughs> has had Wu Tang has had problems, and 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 what's the main reason why they had problems? What did what did Raekwon complain about? Money. At the end of the at the end of the day, it's money because you can get you can get six people together to make a song, right? That's not hard. You can get six people together, but to get six people together to be in a group, which means you consistently have to take, have to sacrifice for the other person, even if it's a, it could be a sacrifice as in, all right, you only get eight bars instead of sixteen. That's why Florida Slaughterhouse is the is the is one of the last new groups. That was oh, form. They, you know, they're that disappointing. Was... They're, to me, I, really? I didn't mean to cut you off, man, but they. they nah, nah, nah. Tell me, what's up? Like, when the first Slaughterhouse sliver of music came out on that Joe Button mixtape, I mm-hmm. thought, that was, I'm like, oh, they should do a group. Like, I said that. And then, you know, a few months later, they're a group. And I'm like, that is an awesome idea. Where's the guy from the South? Mm. And I feel like that was a total misstep when they put that crew together because all their demographics, New York, Detroit, you know, West Coast, they all had these hard sounds. And I was like, man, if you just had a little bit more balance, you guys could probably come down south and do something. But they Ah. never did. And you could tell from the music that they were making you know, they could put all the money they wanted into it. It wasn't going to move because the South wasn't moving with it. And they don't, you might have just, you might have just right now figured out what can fix Slaughterhouse. Because I've been racking my brain since they signed the Shady to figure out what are they missing. And I've always thought it's one of two things. Mm-hmm. Well, not, well, really one, but now it's two. And I think yours is the number one now, because mine used to be a female, you know, a female singer or actually a female singer and rapper. They they need they, that's what I think they needed, and I think that's still they need a female singer or rapper because just off of what the same thing that Eric just said, it's hard for five men or four men to to understand melody mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Unless, not saying that men can't understand melody, of course, that's stupid because got friend got so many great singers, but when you have dudes that their job isn't to, to, to understand melody, when when Joel O'Tease and Crooked Eye and all of them, when they came up off of spitting 80 bars, yeah, um, yeah. 90 bars, <laughs> like they weren't concerned with melody. Joe Budden might be the only one, and he's their melody dude. He's the, he's probably the melody dude. He's the only one who has a history yeah. before the group of being concerned with melody and being concerned with, with, with what sounds good on radio or what songs to be hot. Everybody else, their whole history before that was just spitting bars. Joe Butter and fucking Royce the Five Nine were beefing before they got together. You know, it was going back and forth. I remember Bar Exam 3 when with, with, uh, Royce went at, went out of heart. Like, oh, snap, these dudes are going at it. One of the bar exam too. One of the bar exam. I remember the bar exam too when he had, yeah, he had cannabis in one of the songs and stuff. But yeah, that's what. That's why they can't be in a group because groups won't work because unless until there's extra in there, unless there's something else that somebody could do. Like, like you said, the Atlanta artists, 
they, that would be perfect if they had somebody like B.O.B. Right. On the group. Or I even, spit. yeah, and can bring that, that melody. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Exactly. But who you thinking? Um, now, I was going to say, like, minus the melody part, because I feel like you can fix that with production. But mm-hmm. Luda so big as a personality. I don't know how could you shove him in a group. But nah, he would, that would never work. I know it wouldn't work, but I it it was hard for me to figure out like who is not big enough, but got enough swag to really do it. And I felt like they had to be at least as nice as Ludacris to even be able to hang around uh, Slaughterhouse. But yeah, but I think you really hit on it. I think Bob would be a perfect hit because he brings both of those things to the table. That dude is a real musician. You play guitar in the whole night. And at the time. When they was forming it, which was around '09, they were saying that they wanted to get a new cat. They were actually gonna. The original group was actually gonna be with Charles Hamilton. Like he was gonna be in the group. That's why, like, if you go back to some of those videos, um, like freestyle sessions they had, interviews they had. Um, there's a video online. I think it's on Joe Budden's YouTube page of the night where they formed Slaughterhouse. Like the night that they all came together and said we're gonna make Slaughterhouse, and I think they were gonna they were gonna get Charles Hamilton on the line in '09, and he freestyled with them a week or two later, and it was looking like yo Charles Hamilton's gonna be Slaughterhouse, or he's gonna at least be affiliated. We all know what happened with, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Charles Hamilton. He just fell off, and it just didn't work out. Now with Slaughterhouse again. Also, with the southern thing, they think that the southern thing, cause you can fix that with production. Yeah, you definitely could fix that, and that's what they've been trying to do with production, adding in Imani, adding in all these singers. They, they're trying to inject the um the melody, but again, it comes down to not money, but you can you can always trace it back to money when you add in when you depend on production for melody. It's extra money. Right. You, you depend on a singer. Extra money. That's for extra singing. That's extra money. That's extra points off your album. That's extra royalty. There's something that's taken away from the group when you add in other people to do to do something that's that should be essential in this day and age. If you don't have melody on at least half the songs on your album, your album is not selling. There's no point for anybody to listen to your album if there's not some kind of like catchy chorus. And, you, and by catchy chorus, catchy chorus doesn't mean commercial pop gum bull crap. Like I like like I love myself. That's a catchy chorus, but there ain't nothing pop about that. Listen to the, if people mm-hmm. listen to the bars, there's nothing pop about I love myself. Same thing with Slaughterhouse. They tried to be too much like Eminem on the first on I think it was about Our House. They tried to do the whole raunchy, funny thing, and it just didn't work out for certain songs. For the, yeah. I think one of the singles was just it just didn't work out. But I guess for that, and I don't want. And let, let me go back to your to this bracket. Uh, real quick, let me touch on that. Because I did have, because the, the Jalen Jacoby hip hop bracket, it looks good. I'm always iffy about the the seating and who goes against who, who goes against who. Like to me, it just I, I don't know how. Well, who are you talking about in particular? I, black. I mean, nothing against. I love Black Star. I think Black Star is that first album is one is one of the greatest group albums ever. Like, yeah, 
it is beyond classic to me. It's but there is no way in life, there's no way in life you're going to tell me that Black Star, as a group, and their career, and everything they've given, is better than Public Enemy. That doesn't make any... So you, you right with me. <laughs> you right with me. That doesn't make any sense. It's like even, like, just off the fact that Backstar's only been out literally, really, really honestly, you can count the song they did here and there. Blackstar only has one album one. in the last 16 years. One, you right. They might, they might have a couple songs here and there. You know, in 16 years, they have one album. Public Enemy had like three and like five or six, something like that. So you just got to go off that. That right there was kind of like, that right there just shows that that's just, that's just, that's just the kids. That's just yeah. the kids voting, and the kids know about Black Star. They don't know about Public Enemy like that because it's a little bit later. It's like 10 years before Black Star. So right. I didn't know about the whole Public thing. Enemy is Flavor of Love. You know? Yeah, you know, yeah. That's, and that's, that's, and that's the, the fact that Public Enemy. Tell me why Public Enemy beat Houdini because you they knew Public Enemy more than knew Houdini. If, if if Public Enemy went against the Roots, they might have lost. Public Enemy could have been the, a number one seed. They got taken out first the first round. I definitely could have seen that because all the number one seeds went advanced. NWA, Wu Tang, Public Enemy, Run DMC, they all, they all advanced. Speaking of that, I don't know how um they didn't they didn't add in um. If you want to add in Black Star, then you might as well add in Watch the Throne. Mm, might well add in no, because I mean, like the Watch the Throne thing was like two big personalities coming together for like a collaboration mm. album. You know, like Black Star, I think was real like a traditional group. Like, because I mean, we we kind of knew Talib and most. But we didn't know him like we knew Jay and Kanye. Yeah, I think it's a it's a they different. Didn't have three albums yet. They didn't yeah, have no albums it, it was a different stuff. agenda. So you know, Watch the Throne was an agenda. We finna make this album, and then we finna go on this Live Nation tour. That's what that to me. That's what that was. All right, I'd like to thank Keith Nelson Jr. for coming on the Rundown Sports Podcast and showing your boy some love. Y'all go check him out at coachetoprove.com. We held the last part of this interview just because, I'm telling you, we went in on a lot of different subjects. The last part we did more about Wu-Tang and Phil fixing different record labels, and some of that stuff was just standalone good. And plus, I know this is like an ADD type society right now. So, I ain't going to kill y'all over the head with, you know, an hour and a half worth of content. You know, give y'all something to eat on real quick. Hopefully, y'all full. And when I get ready to let that out, y'all be ready again. So, uh, y'all know where we at. At The Rundown Sports on Twitter. TheRundown.com. I am at CL, the main event on Twitter. And I'm out here. Peace.